Welcome to Vinyasa in Verse, the podcast where we connect mind, body, and spirit through poetry and practice. I'm Leslie Ann Hobayan. Together, we'll explore different ways of connecting with our innermost selves and how to tap into the flow of the universe. Because once that happens, anything is possible. Your best life starts now. Hello, loves. Welcome to another episode of Vinyasa Inverse. How are you on this beautiful day? Well, if you must know, my day outside is cold and rainy. But you know what? Doesn't mean it's not beautiful. So remember, your mindset is everything. If it's not a great day, you can change it. Now, to start our podcast, I would like to read a poem by Hafez, the great Sufi mystic poet. <sighs> Maybe next week I'll read one from Rumi. But for today, this one is called Forgive the Dream. All your images of winter I see against your sky. I understand the wounds that have not healed in you. They exist because God and love have yet to become real enough to allow you to forgive the dream. You still listen to an old alley song that brings your body pain. Now chain your ears to his pacing drum and flute. Fix your eyes upon the magnificent arch of his brow that supports and allows this universe to expand. Your hands, feet, and heart are wise and want to know the warmth of a perfect one's circle. A true saint is an earth in eternal spring. Inside the veins of a petal on a blooming redbud tree are hidden worlds where Hafez sometimes resides. I will spread a Persian carpet there, woven with light. We can drink wine from a gourd I hollowed and dried on the roof of my house. I will bring bread I have kneaded that contains my own divine genes and cheese from a calf I raised. My love for your master is such you can just lean back and I will feed you this truth. Your wounds of love can only heal when you can forgive this dream. Hmm. So many things in that poem. But what's standing out for me are the wounds that Hafez talks about. The wounds that have not healed in us. The wounds of love that can only heal when you can forgive this dream. The dream he's talking about is the dream of this material world. In the last episode, I talked about illusion. Um, in yoga, they call it maya. And so this existence that we're in is really an illusion in that we're all sort of playing around, um, which I know it sounds funny because a lot of people are stressed, a lot of people have anxiety. But if you look at the world as a playground, you might have more fun. Um, and what would the purpose be of that? It's to grow. It's to expand more into who we are and into who we truly are at our essence, um, to find the purpose of our being here. Because I believe, um, and this comes from some yoga philosophy, I believe that we 
our spirit souls that choose to be born on the earth at a specific time, a specific day, a specific geographic location on the planet um, in order to have an opportunity to learn more lessons that maybe we didn't learn in a previous life. Now, I know that the whole idea of multiple lives isn't something that everyone believes in, Um, but it makes sense to me. And so I use that information to help guide how I'm living on this planet in this lifetime. What lessons am I meant to learn? Um, And it makes things easier for me when not so great things are happening in my life. When, When there are challenges, when there's loss or grief or sadness, it makes it bearable for me to think about those moments as opportunities for me to grow and to learn a lesson that perhaps I didn't learn in a previous life. Now, when we say lessons, it's not, you know, like in school where you're learning your math facts, you know, or you're learning dates of historical events. It's more lessons of understanding who you are at your essence, of allowing your spirit soul to really blossom and grow. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm thinking about this poem by Hafez and he's talking about these wounds of love that we hold because we don't yet understand that where we are in these physical bodies is just a way to play, is just a way to understand who we are at a deeper level through various trials and tribulations. Um, But one of the problems we have is, and he says this in this particular uh, stanza, you still listen to an old alley song that brings your body pain. And so these are the stories we tell ourselves over and over again. Um, You know, oh, I am, I'm not good at that. Or I am this label or that label. Um, and so what happens is that we just get stuck there because we're comfortable in those roles that we play. Um, I know some of you who are listening might know that I am a survivor of, um, sexual assault, trauma survivor. And, um, for a long time, I, uh, use this label to create an identity for myself, not a victim. I was very intentional in choosing the word survivor. And, um, and then I started getting curious about that and inquiring, like, is that label helping me grow? Uh, at the time it, it felt like I could place myself somewhere. Um, but I didn't feel like I was making any progress in the healing and I don't know what healing looks like. I mean, at the time, um, and it's different for everybody. And so I kept this label of trauma survivor with me, um, for a while. And it wasn't a label that I shared with a lot of people early on. Um, but then I began to share it. And then I, as I shared more of it and, and did some healing work of my own, um, I came to learn that that label was no longer useful. Um, 
And so while I do share my experiences um, and my ways in which I have come to healing, I don't necessarily turn to that label of trauma survivor because it feels like not me, if that makes sense. It doesn't resonate with me anymore. It's not my identity. And so for me, that's a sure sign that I have healed and have moved on um, from this particular experience in my life. And I feel that I've grown from that and become more myself um, as I've let that particular identity go. And, uh, and yeah, so I think that's what Hafez is inviting us to do. Um, and now I'm reminded of the full moon. It was on uh, Sunday night, well, actually Saturday into Sunday. And this one, this full moon was particularly potent. Uh, this energy was really f- best for um, release and healing, which was really amazing because I've been doing a lot of releasing work on my own. And I went to a breathwork session on Sunday night and that just felt like it, it made that last push for release and healing um, to happen. And it's, it's something that um, I invite you to do. Um, and it doesn't have to be for the full moon, but this idea of releasing these labels that we have created for ourselves or the labels that are put on us by society. Um, you know, and when I say labels, you know, a lot of us think of, you know, oh, she's athletic or, you know, he's artistic. Um, I'm thinking even the label of mom or partner or daughter. I mean, any of the roles that we play are also labels. And so I invite you to take some time to inquire about these labels, um, to figure out if they are serving you. Do they feel good? Do they help you get closer to your life's purpose, to get closer to whatever it is your heart is calling you to do? Um, Often our hearts call us to do things in service of others, offering up whatever we have, whatever our gifts are to share with the world. And so I invite you to get curious about those labels and to see if they indeed align with your heart's calling. And if they don't, that's okay. Um, It's just awareness that we're trying to create here. I mean, because we live in this material world, we have certain roles, you know, we have to play, you know, I'm a mom, so I have to play the mom role. And, you know, I do what I can to raise my kids, to feed them, you know, and get them to where they need to go. Um, But deep down inside, I know this is a role I'm playing. This is not my identity. It's not the essence of who I am. And so creating that awareness allows for me to, for lack of a better way to say it, perform my role without attachment. So I do the best that I can in that role of mother, but if I quote unquote fail at it, 
let's say I forget to pack my kid's lunch or something, or I don't bring my kid's lunch to school because she left it in the car or whatever it is. You know, I don't do whatever this fabricated idea of perfect mom is. Does that make me less me? Of course not. It doesn't. But a lot of us are attached to those ideas of these roles. You know, for example, the idea of the perfect mom. We're attached to this expectation of what it is to be a good, quote unquote, good mom. And everyone's idea of a good mom is different. But the fact that there is an expectation is already something to be aware of. Um, Because often we get wrapped up in that. We get wrapped up in, you know, this is what I'm striving to be. I'm going to be a good mom. I'm going to pack all my kids' lunches. I'm going to cut the crust off and put it in a nice little container and put a note, a little love note in the lunchbox. You know, it's funny because I used to do that. Every once in a while, I put a love note in my kids' lunchbox. Now I don't because I just don't have time. And um, sometimes I feel bad, but other times, you know, it's like, it's okay. You know, I tell them enough times in person that I love them. And sometimes it's just a nice surprise, but I don't get attached to this idea of, oh, okay, well, I'm not really being a mom. Um, It really is about knowing the difference between who you are at the soul level, at the very essence of you, versus these roles that you're playing out in the world. You know, you could be playing the role of student, of yogi, of, you know, whatever it is, whatever you're doing in your life, whatever your physical body is doing, whatever your mind is doing, those are the roles that you're playing. Those are the labels that we put on ourselves. Now, if we're not careful, we'll just fall into that and keep going and not grow and not really expand our hearts into what is infinitely more possible than what we're doing now. And so the awareness that we can create through meditation, through, you know, just being still and getting quiet with ourselves and listening to the inner workings of what's going on within, that can help us differentiate between the two, which then allows us to better relate or understand or deal with the challenges in our lives. And not just the challenges, but also the joys, the celebrations. Um, I was thinking about uh, a friend of mine. She, uh, <laughs> she recently got an agent and that agent sold two of her books to a big publishing house. And it is just so cool. So cool. And I'm so excited for her. So thrilled. Um, And one of the things that occurred to me was, if that were me, how would I respond? I think I would respond with disbelief. I would respond with this question of like, why me? Like, no way. This is happening to me. I can't believe this. No, no. I'd be suspicious about it. Um, And part of that is, you know, a certain level of insecurity on my part. Um, You know, I'd be asking questions like, you know, really people want to read what I have to say? Or, um, you know, this is a mistake. It's a fluke. They're mixing me up with somebody else. Something to that effect. I I don't think, I don't think my friend is feeling that way because she's, she's amazing. 
Um, she's totally kick-ass. Um, but for me, if that if I were in her position, I would be asking all these questions. And so with my awareness that I've developed, I would take a step back. I would take a step back and look at everything and say, hey, you know what? Instead of saying, why me? Maybe I need to be asking, how can I grow from this? What lesson is being taught to me right now? What lesson am I supposed to be learning? And I don't really like using supposed to, but what lesson am I to learn from this experience? Because often when bad things happen, a lot of people ask, you know, what's the lesson in this? But when the fun stuff happens, when the joy happens, nobody asks that. So I'm asking it now. You know, for me, again, this is a, a hypothetical scenario. For me, if this, all this goodness were to happen, instead of asking why me, I might ask, what lesson am I learning from this? And I suspect in my hypothetical scenario that the lesson that I would learn is that following my heart will never steer me wrong. That following what feels good, what makes my soul sing, what resonates, that are signs, those are signals that we're on the right path. A lot of us are just fumbling around trying to find our way. Some of us just do our own thing, staying in the routine day in, day out of working a job, coming home, eating, and then going to sleep. And that's comfortable, but it doesn't help you grow. It doesn't help you find your life's purpose if you don't know what it is, if you're not doing it already. And if you don't find your life's purpose, then why are we here? Everyone has a purpose. And I believe, and this comes from yoga philosophy, um, I believe that we, as spirit souls, living out in source, we'll say it's like the sun, I believe that we choose when to be born on this earth. We choose the date, the time, the location, all the things. We intentionally choose when to be born on this earth so that everything is set up for us and then we can decide what we're going to do with those gifts. You know, astrology is a thing. If you haven't had your birth chart done, you should with a reputable astrologer. Um, Chani Nicholas has um, a, uh, I, I don't know, I guess it's an app on her website, um, C-H-A-N-I-N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S, Chani, oh, sorry, it's Chani Nicholas, uh, com. She is amazing. She has this book called You Were Born for This. And on her website, you can figure out your natal chart. And if you get the book, um, you can figure out the blueprint for your life, which I think is really cool. I haven't done it yet. I started it, but it's, it's a long progress. It's a lot of work, um, slow work. It's meditative work. Um, but I believe that, that we choose a time that we, when we are born, um, and that people come into our lives at 
specific points in time to teach us something, to help us on our journey, to help us in our growth. Um, If you don't believe that, then, you know, cool. You do you. But what I'm sharing is what I believe because it helps me navigate this world, to navigate this life in a way that feels more loving, in a way that feels more useful, in a way that allows for me to embrace, even though sometimes I'm not willing, um, the hard parts of life. It um, gives meaning to things that feel good, that feel useful, instead of just, you know, grumbling around, thinking there's no point to life. When I think there is, there is a point. And part of that is to find what your purpose is, to find what your gifts are, and to share that with the world. Don't deprive us of your gifts. Uh, It's funny because that's one of the things one of my teachers, uh, Lola Pickett says, you know, not to deprive the world of your gifts. And um, doing this podcast is actually one of the things that I'm doing in order to offer my gifts. Um, It feels kind of scary, if I'm going to be honest, but I'm not a selfish person. So to not share my gifts would feel counterintuitive to what my heart is calling for. Um, So yeah, so that's what I've been thinking about. Um, And I also am thinking about time, how limited our time is on this earth. And how it's too short to be stuck in boring routines. It's too short to be stuck with following this map of a life that usually gets laid out for us where it's like, all right, you go to school, you get your degree, you find a partner, you get married, you have a family, you get a house, you work some more, you retire, and then you die. I mean, what kind of life is that? I mean, unless your work is something that you love, then find a different plan. Go get your nail chart and find out what the blueprint is of your life, which is not to say that we don't have free will, because I can hear people now thinking, well, what about free will? No, you have the choice to go one direction or another. You have the choice to learn the lesson or not. But the important thing is that you choose and that you are intentional. Life is too short. You don't know when your last breath will be. So let's make the most of it. And I really didn't mean for this episode to take a turn towards that. (laughs) But um, I do want us to think about it because... As Michael Singer talks about in The Untethered Soul, what better teacher do we have than death? And on that note, I'd like to share a poem of my own. Um, 
which is funny because I like to read the poetry of other people, but I will share one of my own. And to change up the energy a little bit, I'm going to read a fun poem. Well, at least I think it's fun. Uh, It's called Flirt. I must confess, you have dazzled me with your linguistic acrobatics, your tender touch of teeth in the diphthong, loose tongue lolling in the mouth, the meatiness of your M's between my lips, how they pulse my hemispheres, neurons recklessly firing, lighting up my brain, a storm flashing in my skull. Your turn of phrase turns up the heat of my twisting, tuning in to harmonic somersaults, vaulting over ultraviolet light, gaping gaps of what's left unsaid, of what lies between fog and light, lines that leave possibility in proximity, that leap over the gutter's gap. But even in the slow turn of twilight-tipped lips, you fix your unflinching eye of storms on what lives in shadowed gaps of grief, mouth full of sound. And on that note, the divine light in me bows to the divine light in you. Until next time, Namaste. Do you feel like you've lost your connection with yourself? Or maybe your sense of self is buried in all of the hubris of today's society. I invite you to retreat with me on August 5th to the 9th to the serene setting of wine country in Sonoma County, California, where you can get quiet and reconnect with yourself where you can tune in to your intuitive voice, where the sun can nourish your soul and the earth can ground you into your body. This is an opportunity to realign with your true life's purpose, to remember who you are, to come home to yourself. Visit leslieannhobianyoga.com slash retreats for more information. Live your best life now.